Over 2 million people have been displaced by the Boko Haram crisis in Nigeria's northeastern region. These people are scattered across official camps for internally displaced persons, unofficial camps, and host communities. Since many believed Maiduguri, the state's capital of Borno State, to be the safest place at the time, they fled there. Three years ago, the government made the decision to cut off humanitarian aid to the displaced people and begin the process of resettling them back to their ancestral homes or places closest to them at least. These places were formerly under attack but have now become safe according to the government. The purpose of this was to create resilience in them and make them self-sufficient enough to build back their lives. But there has been conclusive proof from several investigations that the people do not feel safe in these areas and they are still prone to attacks. Hello, welcome to The Crisis Room, a podcast from Human Angle. I am Hawa Shafi Inuhu, your host for today. In this podcast, we look at crisis trends across the continent and answer the tough questions around them. Today, our Lakeshad editor will be having a conversation with Dr. Barkindu Saidu, the Director General of the Borno State Emergency Management Agency, about the state's resettlement program. Uh, Dr. Sayua, welcome to Human Angle office here in Medigree. One of uh, the major post-incertainty uh, tasks before the Bonnesian government in the past two, three years mm. is the return of IDPs yes. uh, to their various communities that have been reclaimed and made safe mm. by the military. So how will you describe this experience so far? Yeah, the experience is this. Before my coming to Isema, I thought maybe after uh, displaced uh, population were uh, uh, to be taken back, I assumed they were to be taken back to their ancestral home. And that is the common word that even you, the media, used to, uh, used to see, used to call it. But uh, coming to Sema, I realized that no, actually, it's not taking them back to their ancestral home, but it's relocating them or taking them back where they want to go mm. if you are to go by the international conventions for example like the Kampala convention and other conventions so uh, the experience that i got now is that um, there are processes before even taking back somebody to where he, where he wants to stay number one first of all uh seek the consent of the person why he wants to relocate then after identifying the okay when when you realize why he wants to or when you notice why he wants to relocate then we identify the location that they want to relocate. Then we, uh, the next stage is trying to uh, pre-position certain components of our life. That is one, the security and safety of the place, then social amenity of the place, and then trying to see how many people are going to relocate to that. So uh, the experience is that um, I've learned a lot, a lot of lessons and um, uh, um, we are very, very comfortable in rolling out the, the processes in Borno State. Does this um, concerns be raised by some of the IDPs that were relocated to their uh, community or the places they wanted to be, especially those in the local government area? Mm. Uh, there, there's still scarcity of resources in terms of uh, uh, access to housing and then access to also means of livelihood. 
because uh, they can still not go beyond uh, like five kilometers outside mm -hmm. the parapets that we build around those communities. Mm -hmm. So this is a challenge that uh, some are, feel, are even returning back. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you are aware of this. I'm aware, if you could remember, just now I said that um, trying to avoid a paucity of resources or maybe competition with resources. So the state government is not relocating anybody or group of people without measuring the quantity of resources that will be available there and then related with the number of population that are going to be taken there. Mm -hmm. So the issue of uh, um, uh, lack of resources, uh, I'm sure is not there, but, uh, even if it is there, uh, we are not aware of it. And also if you are talking of the livelihood, no any household that is being taken back to their, uh, to any location that they want to go without being given uh, a start of a means of start of that is to, to start of their livelihood. Mm. The male head of household and female head of household who are given not less than 150,000 naira. This, mm. at least, if you will go to the Nigerian context, at least this is a, is enough for somebody uh, in a rural community or in a community that maybe uh, they are, everything is regenerating mm. to enable them to start up. So the means of livelihood, are, I'm very much sure, is there. And secondly, uh, the state government is able to preposition um, uh, the security system, the security network in that location. There is the agreement with the military. There is the agreement with uh, other uh, paramilitary and other security organizations in those locations. So the safety of these people were assured. And apart from that, in fact, the state government went ahead to. Uh, establish and position the agro-rangers. Mm. These agro-rangers usually escort the farmers to their farm and then they go and uh, cycle or they go to the last farm and station themselves at least to enable the farmers farm comfortably and also to, to be very vigilant and uh, uh, pay a very good surveillance on any uh, body that might come to harm the farmers. Mm. So uh, the means of livelihood, honestly, the state government has uh, put up all the required resources. And also, not only the head of household, any married woman that is accompanying the head of household back to their location, they are given 50% uh, of what the, the head of household was given. Oh, so at least they can, they all, they are, there is no any dependency. Mm. And apart from that, we're relocating them. The state government is considering uh, the resources, you know, since we are just starting, maybe before expanding it. Mm. Most of these people who are clustered, okay, the social amenities were clustered for them, maybe uh, within a very reasonable radius that uh, they can move from one location to another to go and access all these uh, amenities, all these uh, what uh, basic amenities that life might require. So I'm very much sure uh, the relocation is very, very successful and we are still on the process is still ongoing mm -hmm. and we have not received any formal complaint or grievances from any quarter, mm -hmm. either from the government itself or from the those that were relocated or from our partners. Um, well, I wanted to speak on the issues of um, access to healthcare and education yes. for the children that are also relocated. Mm -hmm. When the schools have been destroyed and so on, what has the government done to take care of this as they are going back to their communities? If you could remember, one of the 
focus and attention of uh, His Excellency, the Executive Governor of Professor Borunose, Professor Organo Marazulu, is more of focusing the first stage of his uh, 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 response is uh, the infrastructural development. In fact, I can beat my chest and say in the whole of the country, there is no government within just four years uh, was able to establish uh, uh, schools, build schools, uh, various uh, hospitals, water resources, etc. So the issue of our infrastructure is particularly like the health sec sector and the educational sector, all were prepositioned. That is why I said uh, they were clustered for everybody, for all the communities to, to access it. And if you could remember, even before the insurgency, uh, not every hamlet or village has all these facilities. Talkless of now, but still nevertheless, the government has tried its best to put it up, all this. And even before the establishment of this by the government, if you could remember, they had, had to reach area and the highly inaccessible area where the people were there. At least the angels were there were providing all these services. And now the government has taken over or is taking over all these structures and resources. So I'm very much sure all these are available, unless maybe otherwise if, if there are some challenges or there, if there are some complaints, our door is open as emergency management agency, uh, as a multi-sectoral coordinating organ uh, agency. Uh, our doors are open when we identify this kind of thing, then we relate or we are related to the appropriate authority for them to address it. And this is the essence of the agency. In the beginning of this uh, interview, you said uh, those who are willing to go back yes. uh, by the uh, Kampala, yeah, Kampala Convention order. Yes, yeah. uh, that is in terms of safety, dignity, yeah. and so on. Um, we know that there are some other people that were not willing to go back because uh, they are not, for example, let me give for example, Baga, mm -hmm. for example, in Kuka, Lakagum, or Kuka, and stuff. Mm -hmm. We know there are original people that are living there, but there are other hamlets and communities that in that local government. Those that consider those places that are not safe decided to choose to live within the metropolis of Medigore in what we call unofficial camps. And we have plenty of them. And I know uh, Sema is aware of these camps because there are still a lot of challenges to those camps. What is government doing about these unofficial camps? First of all, first of all, let us, let us understand the concept of camp. What is a camp? A camp is a location or it is a, it is a space where just uh, like a temporary activity will take place. A camp. And IDP camp came up as a result of displacement of population. And imagine, almost 13 years ago, these people were uh, dislodged in their communities. And up till now, 13 years, somebody to, st to still remain there. Then that person is not serious. At least maybe one year, two years, will enable you to now start thinking how to continue with your life. That is why we are saying that, okay, relocating, we are not saying that we are not, we are not, we are not forcing, forcing anybody to go. But we are trying to tell the world that we are going to close the, the camps to enable the owners of that facility or that, or, or, or those, uh, locations to also start utilizing their, 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 their spaces. 
example, initially the IDP camps were, were was were, the IDPs were stationed in schools, in uh, estates and other places. And by now, the state also wants these uh, facilities to start uh, utilizing them. So, as uh, you ask, you rightly ask, we are not taking anybody to any location that they don't want. For example, somebody from Baga, probably he might not have known the opportunities in Biu or in Goza or in Askirauba. Mm. When he comes to Medugur as an IDP mm. and realize that there are a lot of potential or a lot of resources that he can go and exploit in Biu. Mm. It's just a matter of done. We give him what he's supposed to get and then he proceeds to, yeah. to Biu or Baga or to Biu or to Goza or anywhere. So, uh, as a, a head of an intervention agency like SEMA, yes. I'm worried by this resurgence of attacks we are having in communities, especially on farmers and so on. Because there is that worry that if it is happening, how safe are people in the hinterlands? Yeah, life of a human being, in fact, not even life of a human being, life of any living being, either animal or plant, mm. it is very, very important to the ecosystem. Mm talk less of life of human being. Uh, we in SEMA, we are very much concerned about the life of every living living organism, including the plants, as I said earlier, plants, animals, insects, etc. talk less of human being. So uh, we will not say an attack on a, just one person uh, doesn't matter to us. It matters a lot to us. But actually, now, if we are going to uh, describe it, let us put it in let us put it in relative in relative form. The attack. Look at. The, uh, let us now see at the frequencies of the attack mm. and the quantum of the attack and the effect of the attack, and then relate it to the general population. All these uh, all these are to some extent are insignificant. Mm. And this issue or this attack is global. Even in the US, you can say. Even in the US, everybody knows about it. Maybe in two, three months, at least one, two attacks in two, three months, one, two attacks in US, where they have all the gut gauges and all the, all the surveillances and, and, and everything. So the attack that is happening now, we are very, very much worried. And there is no single attack that will happen without SEMA going there to find out what happened and then give them the responses. The responses include giving them all what is required, including the psychosocial uh, support and also uh, the, guiding them how to avoid the attack. So we are very much concerned about the attack, but it should not be uh, uh, scared people. Mm. Even in the heart of the federal capital territory, or even in the heart of New York City, attack might come. So, uh, but still we are trying to see that we avoid all this kind of attack. Mm. So it is, uh, it is a concern to the state, mm. but uh, people should not take it as a very serious issue because uh, uh, security issue is a dynamic issue. Today we'll say that everybody is comfortable, everything, everything is stable, and tomorrow something might happen, and you cannot avoid it. It's just only to preposition all the resources that might require to avoid it or to mitigate what has happened. Will you say we still have IDP camps in Borno? Yeah, we have IDP camps in Borno State, but no IDP camp, uh, no any formal or official IDP camp in Maiduguri. But still, the state government is taking care of this, all these informal IDP camps. Example like the uh, uh, Muna IDP camp, like the Medina to the El Miskin, the Khan Center, etc. All these are camps. 
but they are informal camps mm. we, are, we are still taking care of them and right now the state government is trying to profile the occupants of the of the camp mm. to see what the government will do and basically the government is intending to relocate them to where they can go then the camp to be closed because it is all enough now mm. to be closed as uh, the head of this uh, intervention uh, emergency intervention agency in Borno State, yes. What new ideas are you bringing to board in terms of managing this uh, uh, crisis that we find ourselves, so that the recurrence of it, because whether we like it or not, we know it starts from somewhere. So, what are the new ideas you are trying to bring on board? Yeah, you have rightly said it, and I appreciate you said that it starts from somewhere. And if you want to address an issue or any challenge, don't look at the secondary or tertiary consequences. Look at the source or the cause of the of of of, of, that, of the incidents or, or the issue. So, uh, for me in Sema, I've came up with uh, a vision and a mission. The vision is that I see that at least always waiting for an incident to happen before responding. Mm. It is very, very costly. Mm. So if that is the case, then what will be the solution? And the solution is our mission to see that, yes, henceforth, we try to sensitize the people, uh, inform them to avoid all the incidences, to see that at least nobody venture into any incident or nobody uh, uh, create an, an, an issue that might cause, might cause a calamity or an incident. So the, uh, the innovations that I'm trying to uh, put in uh, during my tenure is more or less like technological and scientific innovation. Number one, definitely as a SEMA body, we cannot uh, completely rely on the uh, meager human resources that we have wherever we are going, maybe for distribution or maybe for any other response or maybe for assessment. Uh, in some locations, we even deploy drones mm. so that will help us to, uh, like a surveillance, yeah. to see what is happening while we are undertaking our activities. Mm. And wherever I go, I go with it. Mm. And in fact, most of my staff, most of my uh, personnel, we have given them binoculars, mm. at least to give to, to give them a kind of comfortability mm. that anything happen will not rely on false information that we can get from people alone, but also to see it ourselves. Mm. And apart from that, Another innovation that uh, I have started uh, doing is um, uh, this uh, issue of climate change. Yeah. Honestly, climate change is one of the basic or major reasons why we are having crisis in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So, SEMA, Borno SEMA is trying to see that we address this climate change, particularly focusing on uh, proper management of environmental resources. Mm -hmm. The population is growing. The population are growing, while the resources that these people rely on it is diminishing. So, if we want to address it, it's better we now start focusing on the environmental management, mm. like planting of trees, or like uh, almost everybody to engage in uh, at least uh, micro agricultural activities. What I mean by this example, even if somebody is living in half a plot or in half a quarter of a plot that is just 25 meters by 25 meters house where there is no space 
SEMA is trying to encourage them to at least to find maybe a use a jerry can or any container, put soil in, 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 into it, and then get a, just a manure, just a, this cow dung and other animal uh, feces. Mm. Put them then plant just two or three stand of uh, tomato, mm. two or three onion, two or three uh, maybe pepper or something mm. like that, two or three stand of uh, maybe amaratus that is mm. alayahu mm. or any other or even okra. Mm. At least if you can get that five, six, seven jerrycan, there is no space in your house. Mm. You can either be taking them outside or you can put it on top of your roof. Mm -hmm. On daily basis, at least no family, no household that will not require soup in their mm. in their meals. And if you can at least get this on daily basis, you have complemented a lot of uh, yeah. uh, resources mm. in in your house, and this will reduce the uh, dependency mm. on uh, on the on buying them from the market. Mm. These are these are kind of innovations that I'm trying to put in, in SEMA. Mm. Basically focusing on sensitization mm. and creating awareness. People let them respond to let, let them respond by themselves before even government respond mm. at least so that we can avoid all these kind of things. Mm. Uh, usually people say that uh, natural calamity, man-made calamity or Okay, sorry, man-made disaster and natural disaster. There is no natural disaster. God is not wicked on us. There is no natural disaster. Earthquake is not a natural disaster. Volcano eruption is not a natural disaster. Flooding is not a natural disaster. All these are natural causes that has to happen. And if you do not carry yourself to that place, nothing will affect, nothing will happen to you. And it will continue, it will finish its causes, go its way. You are still living comfortably, so we are trying to we are trying to sensitize people to avoid all this kind of uh, exposure to these disasters, at least to avoid maybe when it happened, then the mitigation the, uh, that government will take uh, there will be of very much resources. Mm. It's better we invest in, in sensitizing people, which is more cheaper, mm. and, to, and to avoid activities that uh, will lead. To, to that, that, that yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Barkino. Yeah. Uh, we just have like 20 minutes to do it, and I think it's okay. Yes. Our uh, time is up. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you we for giving me that opportunity. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm very much grateful. This is an episode of Human Angle Crisis Room. Join us in two weeks for another episode. The production team for this episode consists of Anthony Asemota and Abdul Karim Haruna. The executive producer is Ahmad Salkidah.